Well, church, very good morning to all of you and to all our friends who are here for the first time. Those of you online, we want to say a big hello to you and to all Christians, welcome home. And if this is maybe your first few times with us, we have been currently on this, we're currently on this Bible series called uh, Inheriting the Promise, where we go through the book of Joshua. Uh, and we study the Word of God in this book. And you can watch more of our messages. We are now in actually part three, and there are the first two parts. You can catch up on it on our YouTube channel. The QR code is on the screen, or you can simply head on to YouTube and just search Grace Assembly. You'll find all the messages there. So in our previous message, Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan River towards the promised land that God had given to them called Canaan, the land of Canaan. And what stood before them and the promised land, what stood before them was enemies. There was a battle that they had to, that they had to overcome. And Joshua, at this point, he was rounding up, the Bible says he rounded up about 40,000 men ready for battle, ready to fight. However, something mysterious and out of this world happened. Right, right, right before them was Jericho and, and, and they were ready to fight. But something else Happen. And the title of today's message is To Follow God's Plan. And the big idea is this the battle belongs to the Lord. Could you turn to your neighbor beside you and say, The battle belongs to the Lord? Turn to someone beside you and say, The battle belongs to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, help us to acknowledge that the battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but have you ever found it difficult to follow God's plan? Especially when it comes to making decisions that affect not just you, but your loved ones or those around you, like your family and your friends. Maybe it's a job offer that has a higher position or a higher starting pay. And for some of us, we don't even need to pray, just, just accept it straight away. You know, it's, it's such a good offer. Maybe we're thinking like, oh, the Bible says, you know, God, you have plans to prosper me, so this is it, this must be it, right, God? Maybe we're thinking, God, obviously this is from you. It's something that's so good. How can I resist this? This must be your plan for me. See, the truth is this. Following God's plan can sometimes feel quite challenging because it is in our nature to subscribe to our preferences and our desires. It is natural for us to follow what seems to make more sense to us. But how many of us know that when it comes to God's plan, the obvious and natural or most logical way may not necessarily be part of His plan at all? Because our God functions not in the natural. Our God functions in the supernatural realm. See, likewise for Joshua, as he rounded up the 40,000 men for battle, the natural plan or next step was to head into battle, to fight the enemy head to head. But God had a different plan for them. So the question is this, how do we follow God's plan in spite of how difficult it may be? In order to follow God's plan successfully, I want to share with you three key things today. The first thing is this, that we need to know our captain, we need to know our enemy, and we need to know what's at stake. So let's look at the first thing, and that is to know our captain. To know our captain. We pick up from Joshua chapter 5, Verse 13, and we read here, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and he said to him, Are you 
for us or for our adversaries. And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. See, the last sentence that the commander said, take off your sandals, is a familiar phrase that we see somewhere before when Moses encountered God in the burning bush. And in the same manner here, Joshua encountered this army commander. And this person was the commander of the army of the Lord. He was not just any normal human being or any other regular folk. Because the word commander here translated actually refers to princes or prominent officers of a royal court or a military captain. See, this person was the angel of the Lord that met with Joshua. The very presence of Yahweh that he had encountered. So Joshua confronted this commander and asked, are you for us or against us? And this man replied, no or neither. I am the commander or the captain of the army of the Lord. The, ca the captain of Yahweh's army. In other words, God was revealing to Joshua that I'm not here to be for you or whether for the enemies. You've got it all mixed up. It's the other way around. You are here for me, for my plan, for my battle. You are not the one in charge. You're not the captain of the Lord's army. God is. The God is. This was not Israel's battle against the enemies in the land of Canaan, even though it was something that happened in the natural. It seemed that way. But the truth was that this was God's battle. It belonged to Him. And the Israelites received the opportunity to participate and to support God's plan. See, Joshua's response as he fell on his face and worshipped, acknowledged that the captain was the leader. He was the leader and he was Yahweh. Because where Yahweh is, that ground is holy. That's where the presence of God is. Joshua knew that Yahweh was the true captain leading the people into battle. And it was Yahweh's plan that only mattered. So what was this plan? See, we read about God's plan, His battle plan for them in this passage in Joshua 6 verse 1. It says here, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once, and thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. What a plan. If I was Joshua, I'd be thinking, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, God. Where is the military strategy in this? Where's the drawing of swords, you know, that we've been preparing for, we've been sharpening our swords? Where's that? Where's the attacking of the enemy in battle? 
See, God's plan for Joshua and the, and the Israelites had no military strategy involved. In fact, it was all about marching, marching around. Can you imagine being one of the soldiers that were ready for battle, following the Israelite army, listening to Joshua's commands? Joshua says, okay, tomorrow, guys, we're going to get up, we're going to prepare everything, put on our armor, Let's, we're going to go for battle. And what we're going to do is this, we're going to march. We're going to march around, not just once, but seven times, seven days. And then on the seventh day, march seven times. Then we're going to blow some trumpets and shout. Imagine being that soldier, I'll be like, this is a ridiculous plan. This is unusual. What kind of plan is this, God? It doesn't even seem like it's going to work. It seems so incomplete. See, the reality was that God's plan was more of a ritual or religious ceremony than a military strategy. The ark symbolized God's presence with them. And there is also that deliberate repeating of the number seven, where Israel was to march around Jericho for seven days. And on the seventh day, to make seven rounds before the seven priests blow their seven trumpets. See, seven is the number of completion. And in other words, God's plan was perfect and complete for them. All they had to do was just to follow God's See, to fully obey requires that we place our trust in God alone. To absolutely trust in Him is to submit to who He is and to rest in the work that He has already accomplished on our behalf. Friends, isn't that the challenge for most of us when we are faced in a situation in our lives? Sometimes we feel like it's an uphill battle that we're facing. Maybe it's a struggle that we're going through right now in our lives or a key decision that we need to make that not only just affects you but the people around you. And maybe you felt this way before where you're thinking, what does it feel like God is not on my side? God, are you, are you, are you for me or against me? Similar to how Joshua responded. But God is saying to us, no, you think the battle belongs to you, but it does not. This battle belongs to me and I'm using you as an instrument to demonstrate my power and purpose. See, as much as Joshua was the leader and commander of the Israelites, God was still Lord over His people. God was the one who was truly in charge. He was the captain of His people. And on top of that, maybe some of us today, we struggle with hearing about the plan itself. You know, like, God, this plan doesn't make sense. It's so unusual. It sounds ridiculous. What kind of plan is this? Will I succeed with your plan? And can I encourage us today that the battle belongs to the Lord. When you know your captain, you can trust in His plan. When you know who is your captain, you can trust in His plan. See, some of us, maybe today we need to stop trying to act as the captain or the one in charge of our own lives. Because God's battles need to be fought God's way. See, whatever we are facing and experiencing right now, keep remembering this, that the battle is not ours. It belongs to the Lord. He is in charge. He is the captain of our lives. He is the one that will direct our steps and we are here to participate in His plan. You know, I remember a while back, I was working for about five years and the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time for you to go and study. Go and further your theological education. 
And at this point in my life, I was still single, but not so available, because I was going to get married soon, uh, in about six to eight months' time. And God was speaking to me and saying, hey, would you, would you go and study now? Would you go and further your education? Uh, and different people actually came up to affirm that and gave me a word of the Lord to say, yeah, God is asking you to go and study. So as I was listening to this, I was thinking, okay, God, I will choose to embark on this. When I enrolled into school, I realized I thought I could study part-time and work full-time. But when I enrolled into classes, I realized all the, the schedules clashed. And long story short, because everything clashed, I was faced with this decision at a crossroad that I needed to either resign and study full-time or don't study now and just continue to work full-time. At that point in my life, to be honest, I'm going to get married soon, no? I'm planning for my wedding. I need funds, I need finance, I need money to pay for different things, to book stuff. And the natural plan, the natural way or the state or plan that I had was just to work, work it out, get it all resolved, save the money, get married, and maybe a few years later then think about studies. But somehow deep inside, God was speaking to me and saying, John, do you trust me? Do you trust my plan for you? And so with that, I, I decided to take a step of faith and trust God. And say, okay, God, I will resign. I'm going to study full-time. And I, I, I'll be obedient. I'll obey your plan. Friends, to be honest, it wasn't easy at all. There were weeks that I was struggling with my finances because I had, I had no more income that was coming in. And on top of that, we had to plan for a wedding. But interestingly enough, during that period, this was before I came to our church, I was doing a field education, um, just visiting another church during that period while I, was, uh, while I was studying. And I told the pastor, hey, I'm just going to visit for maybe a year, and after that I will try and explore different places. But interestingly, the pastor came to me and, say, came to me and said, hey, are you coming here? Okay, okay, uh, we want to bless you. We want to bless you with a monthly allowance, and you don't have to do anything. I was like, what? I can just visit and not do anything? Oh, not bad, not bad. But of course, I, I offered and, and said, hey, how can I help and serve in different areas? But all this came on his accord. I didn't reach out, I didn't ask, I didn't say anything, and it just came. And on top of that, as we were planning for our wedding, you know, I, I, we were things like, oh, I would love for a mobile coffee cart, you know, like, like people doing coffee for people. Or I would love to have a good wedding photographer or videographer. And these were things that are on our mind that cost money. But as we were planning, as we approached towards the wedding day, different people came up to us and said, hey, I want to bless you. The Lord just put in my heart, I want to bless you this amount. And, and, and all the amount went to specifically to our mobile coffee cart, to our wedding photography, to different things in our wedding. And God just began to show off in His goodness over our lives. Although the reality was that it was difficult. It was never easy. But we had to trust and to obey in God's plan for us. I had to rely on Him. And had it not been for this journey and trust, I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to be here and to meet with Grace Assembly and, and to commit to serving and be a part of this great church. So thank God and God is good. Amen. Can you give God the praise and the glory? He's such an amazing God. And His plan is for us. See, what may seem natural or logical to us may not necessarily be part of God's plan to begin with. As much as God's battle plan for the Israelites might have sounded ridiculous or unusual, but it clearly revealed that God was not bound by our circumstances. He's not limited by what people have experienced in the natural. 
And the question to us today is this, is there an area in your life right now that you need to release control and rely on God's plan and His leadership? Can you let Him be the captain of your life? Do you know that He is your captain? For some of us, maybe it's our marriage. We're struggling in our marriage and, and, and maybe the natural plan after hearing what other people are sharing with you is, ah, just give up, just give up. That may sound natural, but God's plan may be ridiculous and unusual. Maybe God is speaking to some of us today to say, come on, release control. Let, let me lead you in this. Let me be the captain of your life. For some of us, it could be our children. They were so concerned and worried about their future, worried if we are, we're even going to raise them up right. And God is saying, release. Release that control. Do you trust and obey the Lord and His plan for your life? All of us here, we have different things that we are facing, different situations that we are going through. And the Lord is saying, are you ready? Is there an area that you are ready to release to His control and to rely on His plan and His leadership? It's similar to how Joshua responded. We too should come to God and ask, Lord, what are you speaking to your servant? What are you saying to your servant? See, Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friends, His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher and His thoughts are greater than ours. Whatever the battles we are facing in our lives right now, know that the battle belongs to the Lord. Know that He is able and His ways are greater than ours. Would you turn to someone beside you and say, the battle belongs to the Lord. Those of you online can type in the chat, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. In every battle, there's an enemy. And the question we also need to ask is, who exactly is our enemy? Do we know our enemy? For the Israelites, part of God's plan was to battle against enemies that occupied the promised land. And now that we know our captain, the next thing we need to do is to know our enemy. We read about different enemies in the promised land that the Israelites had to battle against. In Joshua 12 and Joshua chapter 11, we see this. I'll read in verse 1, it says, These are the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated. This is after battling and took possession of their land beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise from the valley of Ammon to Mount Hermon with all the Arabah eastward. Verse 2, Sihon, king of the Amorites. Verse 4, and Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of Rephaim who lived in Asheroth and at Edre and ruled over Mount Hermon and Salakah and all Bashan to the boundary of Geshurites to, and the Maakathites and the Termites and over all half of Gilead to the boundary of Sihon, king of Heshbon and Joshua 11 verse 21, it continues. And Joshua came at the time to cut off the Anakim, all the hill country of Hebron, to Debir, to Anab, to the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua devoted them to destruction with their cities. There was none of Anakim left in the land of the people of Israel. Only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod did some remain. Some of you might be asking me now, why, why, why are you reading this? I'm a bit confused. All the termites and all the different bites. <laughs> For those of us who walk through the Supernatural Realm series, some of you might find these terms familiar. See, a lot more explanation actually has been done in teaching has been done in the Supernatural Realm series. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't or if you have and you want to study a bit more about the Word of God, go and watch 
and listen to our Supernatural Realm series that's available online. Scan the QR code or go and click on the link that is there. It will give you a deeper sense and, and a better understanding of God's Word and His plan. So, who were these enemies and why did God command them to devote to destruction? What was the significance of these names and places? Why these people? Wasn't it just a simple example of conquering land and taking ground? Isn't that how a war is supposed to happen? Is there more things to it? See, in order to better understand why these names and places that were listed there, uh, we need to look back to one generation when Moses was their leader. See, in Numbers 13 verse 33, it says here, And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Remember this incident when the spies were sent out to the promised land and they came back with this scary report? Ten out of twelve spies were afraid because they said they saw giants and were so small like grasshoppers. And they were concerned. So they convinced the whole camp and said, let's not go, let's not advance, even though God had already promised them this land. Because of that, the Israelites had to go through 40 years in the wilderness. So who were these Nephilim, the sons of Anak? Actually, these were giant offspring that were linked to Genesis chapter 6 of the divine beings, also known as, as the sons of God, that came to earth and got together with human women. And this was an outright divine rebellion against Yahweh. These divine beings were trying to derail God's plan by cor corrupting His human family, who were meant to image after Him. They mated with the human women and produced a different kind of offspring called the Nephilim. And these Nephilim were human giants that was the result of this divine rebellion against Yahweh. So they did not belong to Yahweh. They did not belong to God and His plan. In other words, this was more than just a physical act of conquering land. This was a holy war between God and His enemies, the fallen divine beings. And this thinking may be foreign to us right now, but this was actually part of the supernatural worldview of the biblical writers. And it is important as we study God's Word that we understand the context and the worldview of these biblical writers. Canaan or the Promised Land was populated not by just Nephilim or this, this giant Nephilim, but also wicked and evil places and nations that were disinherited by God as seen in Deuteronomy 32 verse 8. See, these nations in the land of Canaan were known to have evil worship practices, immoral sexual practices, and even child sacrifice. See, these were not just physical enemies of the Israelites. They were enemies of the God, spiritual opposition. And they had the potential to derail and corrupt God's plan and purpose for Israelites to be His imagers. And God identified the enemy and made it clear to the Israelites to not interact or associate with these nations as they entered the promised land. And likewise today, do we know our enemy and his schemes? The enemy today is still trying to derail us from becoming more like Christ as God's imagers. See, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says this, Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, 
against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Maybe some of us, we've been short-sighted thinking that our enemy is that person we have an issue with or the environment that is bad or that office person that I cannot stand. Maybe we think that enemy is, is, is these things that we are facing. But church, can I encourage us that we need to know that the enemy is unseen and his schemes are against God and against you and I being images of him. Beyond just what we're experiencing in the natural, there's a battle that's ongoing in the supernatural. There are the schemes of the enemy, spiritual opposition that's working to derail us from becoming more like Christ. But know that God has already given us a victory. And just like how He has already told the Israelites in, in Exodus that I've already given you the promised land, when you go into the promised land, in the same manner, God has already given us a promise. He's already won the victory in Christ Jesus on the cross, on the finished work on the cross. The question is this, friends, do you recognize who the real enemy is and his schemes against you? Do you recognize who the enemy is and his schemes against you? So in order to follow God's plan successfully, we need to know our captain, we need to know our enemy, and thirdly, we need to know what's at stake. What's at stake? We read in Joshua 6, verse 17, it says, And the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, verse 21. Both men and women, young and old, oxen and sheep, donkeys, and with the edge of the sword. See, the, the, the similar words that you see here, devoted to destruction, stems from this Hebrew root word called cherem. Okay, if there's anything you want to remember, you remember cherem. You can go back and say, I, I learned this new Hebrew word called cherem. <laughs> cherem means devoted to destruction. Devoted to destruction. So what do we do with what we know right now? What exactly is at stake here? Why is there a need for total destruction? A complete destruction or drastic action? See, this word kerem was not just a new term. In fact, a while back when Moses was the leader, God already mentioned this. We read of this same instruction God given to the Israelites. In Deuteronomy 7, it says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, Gergeshites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, again, Hivites and Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. Or kerem. But why kerem? Why is there a need to ruthlessly eliminate those enemies? Deuteronomy 7 verse 4 gives us the answer. For they would turn away your sons from following me and to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. See, God is a holy and perfect God. And all these people in the enemy, they are, they are enemies of God. Because if they did not completely destroy their enemies, they would in time, slowly, become influenced into turning away from God and to serve other gods and destroy the very plan that God had for His people, to image Him alone. What's at stake was not just their inheritance, but their believing loyalty and their calling as God's images. See, this war that Joshua and the Israelites went through was not just about using violence to displace another group. 
Rather, this war was part of God's plan to cleanse the land of evil and wicked practices and to push back the dark spiritual powers that had enslaved the people in the land of Canaan. So in essence, this physical act of war had a deeper reflection of holy war between Yahweh and his enemies and the evil in that land. So in order to inherit the promise God had for his people, they had to know who their enemies were and they had to ruthlessly remove them. Only then would they become a kingdom of priests that God had called them through Abraham and can be used by Yahweh to reach the nations and reclaim them back to God. So how are we living today with believing loyalty to God and imaging after Christ? What is something in your life right now that goes against God's word? Is there an obstacle that is derailing you from becoming more like Christ? Friends, we need to know that there's something that is at stake. What is at stake is our inheritance, our believing loyalty and our calling as God's imagers. Maybe we're caught in a cycle of habitual sin. Maybe there's some form of sexual sin or immorality in our lives right now and that's derailing us, that's corrupting us from becoming more like Christ. Or maybe it's the area of money, where it's not about having more money that's the issue, but rather money has a hold on us. We're being controlled by our finances. Maybe for some of us, it's an ungodly mindset or thinking that is affecting the way we look at relationships or our marriage. Maybe for some of us, we need to ruthlessly remove bitterness in our hearts and to forgive that person that has hurt us. Because I remember in the Gospels, our Lord Jesus Christ commanded us to love our enemies, to pray for our enemies and love them. And honestly, that plan looks very, sounds very ridiculous and unusual. What? The person that hurt me, I'm supposed to love and pray for them? Are you kidding me? But that's God's plan. And that's God's word and His instruction. Maybe what we need to ruthlessly remove is the things that are pulling us away from becoming more like Christ. What, 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 what do you need to remove today? Will you still choose to trust and obey God no matter what happens? So what do we need to ruthlessly remove in our lives today in order to become more like Christ? Not in order to become a better CEO. Not in order to become a, a, a better worker or a better person but to become more like Christ, wherever you are. There's a plan, there's a scheme of the enemy that's trying to derail and corrupt us from becoming more like Christ. See, for Joshua and the Israelites, the key to their success in inheriting God's promise was to follow God's plan and to simply trust and obey God no matter what. The plan might have been unusual, it might have been ridiculous when it came to taking Jericho and conquering the land, but God's word was more than enough for them. See, Joshua had seen God's mighty hand when Moses was the leader back then, when God led them out of Egypt, when God parted the Red Sea and, and he, he, he provided for them in the wilderness. When he saw all of that, he knew that God is faithful. The same God that led them out is the same God that's going to carry them through. Yahweh was their captain and it was his plan that mattered. They simply need to follow to trust and obey Him. 
So friends, do you see God's promise for your lives? Have you seen what God has done in the past? Done through Christ. Last week, we heard about how to remember God's faithfulness and to recount of it. And as we apply that in our lives, it will help us to remember that God is the same God that did that. He will continue to carry us through in His plan. See, there is nothing too big for God that He cannot do if He already gave His Son to die for us on the cross. What more can He not do? He has already overcome all of sin and death. Friends, today, I want to encourage you. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Will you trust and obey Him no matter what? Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, for Your Word. God, that You are the same God that led the Israelites out of Egypt and provided for them. And we know that You are the same God that has led them into the Promised Land. And Lord, today, would You speak to us, God. Holy Spirit, would You touch our hearts. Help us to know that the battle belongs to You, God. That some of us, we've been carrying battles in our lives on our own, doing it in our own will and in our own ways. And we're feeling so tired and feeling so helpless. But God, I pray today, You touch our hearts and say, no, the battle belongs to You. The battle belongs to God. So Lord, would You speak to us right now, Holy Spirit. Speak to every heart in this room. Speak to every heart that is tuning in right now. Help us to remember and know that the battle belongs to You, God. Thank You, Lord. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, we want to pray for two groups of people. And the first group of us, you've heard the message and you've thought about the question, what do you need to ruthlessly remove in your life that is coming against God and derailing you from becoming more like Christ? Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride or bitterness or money or the environment of things or people that are around you that are pulling you away from becoming more like Christ and today you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking very clearly to you this part of your life this thing in your life or this this area in your life needs to be removed it needs to be devoted to destruction it cannot remain in your life anymore across this room and those of you online if that is you if you say yes God you're speaking to me help me give me the courage Lord give me the strength to remove the things that are not of you Lord across this room would you kindly just quickly slip up your hands so we can pray for you as well thank you Thank you, thank you. Hands going up. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? If you say you know that God is speaking to you right now, just begin to lift up your hands right now. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. And the second group of people that we want to pray for are for those of us when you've seen a question that says, what is the area in your life that you need to release control to God and let God be the captain of your life? Maybe where you, at, where you are right now, where you are at right now, God's plan may sound or seem ridiculous or unusual. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage and, 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 you, and you find it hard to release control. You're at a crossroad of certain decisions. Or maybe it's your children that you've always been trying to raise and, and you struggle with finding the right ways or, or the right path for them. 
maybe it's your parents that you're worried about. Maybe it's the next step that you need to take in your work or the financial situation that you're going through. Whatever it is, there is an area in your life right now that, that God is speaking to you and asking you to release control to Him. Let Him be your captain. Let God be your captain. And today you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you that you need to take the step of faith to release control to God. And let God be your captain. If that is you, no one looking around, just quickly slip up your hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You can put down your hands. Thank you. Church, we're going to pray. And as we pray, would you surrender and respond to Him wherever you are? Heavenly Father, we submit those of us who have lifted up our hands and responded to you. God, if there's an area in our lives that is pulling us away, that is corrupting us, that's derailing us from becoming more like Christ, God, would you remove that right now? Give us the strength, the courage, the wisdom to act, to devote it to destruction, to completely destroy these areas that need to be removed from our lives and help us to become more like you, Jesus. That in our lives, wherever we are, we are here, we are created in your image to reflect you, God. So help us to grow to become more like Christ. And Lord, for those of us who have been struggling in different areas, and we've been always in control, and maybe we've come to the end of ourselves, whether it's raising children, whether it's caring for our parents or our family members, us even with our spouses or a future decision that we are making God would you give us the courage the boldness and the faith to release that to you right now to release that weight that burden to you God you are our captain and God you are in control right now across this room there are people who sense a weight a burden that's being released come on just begin to release that release that weight release that burden to the Lord right now say I submit this to you God I release this to you God you are my captain thank you Jesus Lord we thank you for your work we thank you for your spirit that is in us would you move right now we thank you Lord in Jesus name we pray Everyone says amen, amen, amen. Church, would you rise with me if you are able to stand with me to, on your feet? And as the worship team leads us in this song, we want to open up the altars and for you to respond. And we want to pray for you. If, you. if you have lifted up your hands earlier and you say, yes, I need God. God, I need God. I need you to help me right now. Would you come forward and our pastors and leaders will pray for you. So as we sing this song, come on, let's respond wherever we are. Come and let's pray together. Christ my all in all The joy of my salvation The altar is open, come God has spoken to you, come Allow our pastors, our leaders to pray with you The rest of us shall we worship the Lord, hallelujah Let's keep the faith atmosphere God is doing something in this service Don't ever hurry to go Just allow God to do something deep Keep coming, keep coming Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you.
everything I need. Grace group leaders, would you please come and just pray for the people at the altar? Our district leader, would you please come? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Heaven is my home. to take the next few moments as God is just doing something in the altar you don't even hurry to go would you take the next few moments if your wife is behind you beside you your husband is, I want you to join hands together and make a declaration say Lord you say Lord Jesus you will be the captain of our life you'll be the captain of our marriage you'll be the captain of our finances would you begin to pray even right now for those of you who are joining online would you pray even right now and begin to say Lord because you are the them of my life Lord I will follow you remove every doubt remove every hindrance that I want to focus my eyes upon you the author and the perfecter of our faith is that you would you begin to pray even right now because in a moment's time we're going to pray together as a church to declare that indeed he is the captain of our life the leader of our life hallelujah for those of you who are watching line, just begin to pray even right now. If your children are with you, would you just join hands with your family? Let's begin to pray this, this year that you will see God's invasion, God's plan and God's purposes be revealed as you begin to sing after Him this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you are facing a battle, would you declare right now into the heaven and say, Lord, this battle belongs to you. Lord, this battle belongs to you. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Shaka Ramashoko Rabahan. Shekiriyanda Ramahanda Rabakata Rabahan. Lord, hear. Hear the prayers. Hear the declaration of your people this morning, both online and even on site today. Lord, let them declare by faith that they will follow after you. Lord, they will not turn back. They are not looking back. Father, we are advancing. We are following the plan and the purposes of God. Lord, release your destiny. Release your future upon your people this morning. Hallelujah. 15 seconds more best before we pray together. Let's begin a present church. Let God do something in your heart this morning as we begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, this morning, we lift up our hands before you. Lord, we declare, Lord Jesus, you are the leader of our life. Lord Jesus, you are the leader of our family. Today, as we confess, as we declare, Lord, with you, we have the victory. With you, we will have your plan. Lord, we choose to have your plan and your purposes. Lord, we do not want the ways of the world, but we choose to abide in you and you alone. So Holy Spirit, awaken at our spirit this morning as we make a commitment to follow after you that victory, breakthrough, healing, restoration, goodness will follow after us so we thank you for your promise we inherit your promise this morning in jesus mighty name we pray and all god's people will say come on shall we give the lord a big praise hallelujah thank you lord The praise of your glory For you are Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.